You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street. Horror for the casually obsessed. I'm John. I'm Kim. And we are here today for part two of Release the Beast. We're talking about the purge election year. It's finally purge election year hour. I'm so stoked. Right? It's uh, where we're discussing a fictional hellscape of America where for 12 hours any crime is legal, including murder, video piracy, abortions, I guess, and theft. Yeah, and this one allows... Uh, the murder of government officials, which is a new purge rule, probably because those in power want to kill a government official. <laughs> right, Frank Grillo's back. He's gone from being the good guy on a revenge mission to being a good guy on a... Good guy mission. Good guy mission, <laughs> yeah. He's here to save Senator Rowan from assassination by a rival political figure. This movie came out in 2016. 26- it's the new founding fathers. <laughs> this movie came out in 2016. Uh, ballsy move for the year, uh, and was James DeMonaco's last directorial effort in the franchise so far. So far. Right? Before we get into it, Kim, can you give me three good things about Purge Election Year for anybody that hasn't seen it or has been putting it off? Yeah, point one, um, th- maybe the best masks in the franchise, I'm going to say. Yep, I think so. Yeah, and that leads into point two, which is Purge Tourism is introduced. So fucking cool. I, we could do a whole Purge movie on Purge Tourism. I think that's just a nifty concept that we only get a glimpse of in this movie, and what we get is so scrumptious. Yeah, just the idea of, of how the world at large has been responding to the Purge is genius. I mean, I, Honestly, I'd watch a whole movie that is, uh, you know, takes place place in like Australia and it's just a bunch of people with purge FOMO that are like fuck it we're having our own purge over here and point three is gonna be very similar to our point from last week the return of Frank Grill yeah Frank Grill is pretty great in this takes a fucking bullet like a champ like it's nothing and then yanks it out and he's like no look at that (laughs) (laughs) so those are those are three good things about purge election year Three reasons why we think you should check it out if you've been putting it off. Also, it is perfect to watch this weekend if you're celebrating the 4th of July. If you're celebrating anything this weekend. That's true. It's just a good Friday night movie. Yeah, it's very timely. Very, You know, we're going to be saying that for the rest of our horror careers, how timely the Purge franchise is, because it is... Never irrelevant. (laughs) And some would say that's the true horror of it all. (laughs) Kim, what's keeping you creepy this week? Before we get into the show, what's keeping you? I know it's limited, but what's keeping you creepy? Yeah, we've been moving, obviously, so... Is installing a washer and dryer creepy? It's terrifying. Right? Dealing with delivery people and delivery slots and trying to get things delivered not on the same 
day and time and it's just so creepy it's been terrifying <laughs> um you've watched some horror movies though yeah so we actually we launched our well we didn't launch it we we kind of started doing it a couple years ago and have finally gotten back into the swing of it we're doing tiktok now because we want to reach the youths so we've been playing around with that and doing kind of our horror minute sudden death things there where we you know spur a question on one another and try to answer it in a minute or so and that's been really fun the last one we did we were talking about shark movies and we were talking about the best cgi shark movies which got us talking about 47 meters down and so last night while we were installing light fixtures how exciting uh we watched uncaged the sequel which we hadn't seen since it had come out and i remember there being a lot of fun cgi shark actions like a blind shark blind shark yeah and there's those creepy underwater fish the cave fish because they're like a whole fucking like like, a flooded aztec mine yeah it's such a cool setting and very fun also the the characters are really fun it's it's like a bunch of teen girls who all know how to scuba dive like fucking cool Uh, i had a lot of fun with that and I'm definitely getting into, you know, shark movie summer. I'm mm-hmm. ready for more shark movies. Right. We got to watch Jaws. Um, got to watch Jaws. <laughs> yeah. So just sliding back into the TikTok thing, uh, please follow us because we have no idea what we're doing. TikTok.com slash at Nightmare on Film Street is what? the link. It's so weird. That's the link. Yeah. I've been trying to add it to our like social pages and stuff. I, it weirds me out. Can't you just look it up? On TikTok? Maybe. Who's going to TikTok from a desktop? Like, <laughs> let me open Chrome on my iPhone. That's so <laughs> let true. Let me type in this URL. That's so true. Open your TikTok app and look for Nightmare on Film Street. Tell you what, I'll do I'll do one easier for you. Just look in the episode description of this podcast. Look at John. There will be a link there for you to look follow us on TikTok. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything else keeping me creepy. I also watched 47 Meters Down Unchained. Unca- Unchained? Unch- Unchained we do this, so fucking We cool. do this on the fucking TikTok. We don't know the title of the movie. It's Uncaged. <laughs> we figured it out. We didn't even know how many meters down it was. I, I have, we, we just recently got a copy of The Living Dead of Manchester Morgue. I can't fucking wait to watch that. Uh, I've never seen it. I know very little about it, but I know it's a UK-based zombie movie with an incredible title. Uh, that's got a new 4K restoration from Synapse. I'm gonna check that out real, real soon. Yeah, and we well, we've also been playing a lot of uh, the Evil Dead the game because now uh, well, that... we had to test out the internet connection. <laughs> yeah, and shout out to our friend Will for teaching us how to be deadites and not suck <laughs> at it. I finally played as Henrietta. I I threw up on someone. My life is complete. I also want to get back into. Oh, I'm going to butcher the title, like Phantasmophobia. Phasmophobia. Yeah, that ghost hunting game. But we had that on the laptop, and that's too intimate for me, I think. Mm-hmm. Remotes, I can be farther away from the screen, you know, with a controller, and you're playing PlayStation or Xbox. PC is too intimate. It's we very can scary. put an HDMI cord into the TV. You'll oh, still be you'll a... still be controlling it from uh... the from the laptop. But... I'm more of a audience of video game playing. I like to you know cheer other people on and backseat drive and tell them what to do and then hide behind when there's scary things. Uh, anyway, that's what's keeping us creepy this week. Hit us up on uh, on social media on wherever TikTok, I guess. Can you reply to vi- this? Is a question I've always had because I've I've done very little work on TikTok. I've got like a few accounts that I like to check in with, and that's kind of about it. It's Can that one reply? guy who re- who does all of his own scenes with himself. PDUSA. You gotta, <laughs> it's not horror-related whatsoever, but if you want some dumb, irreverent humor, you got to check out PDUSA. Oh, man. Uh, can you reply to 
videos? Like, is there you like a com- comment thread? Yeah, you, so you can comment on them, but there's also, you can duet. So if we ask a question in one, okay. somebody could do like a, a tag on a video. response? Yeah. And we also have a bunch of questions where you, you propose a question and it becomes a prompt and then you can answer the Q&A. So it can be a prompt for your next video. Okay. And we have like, what's your favorite shark? And uh, who's the best final girl? And stuff like that. So we're TikToking, John. We're all in. We're gonna have to do spooky dances next. Nope, that's not happening. <laughs> not doing it. Can't, can't possibly. I'll, I'll break a hip. <laughs> anyway, let's get into the episode. Let's talk about the purge election year. All right, let's begin. This is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge. At the siren, all crime, including murder, will be legal for 12 hours. Your government thanks you for your participation. Someone betrayed us. This is not a drill. with us. You gentlemen understand what's at stake here. Maybe it's our duty to help protect her. Here they come. our souls. Join me as we eliminate evil. Purge and kill The Purge Election Year, written and directed by James DeMonico, is currently sitting at a 6 out of 10 on IMDb, 55% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 2.7 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Well, first of all, Frank Grillo returns. Right? Leo's back, baby! (laughs) He's a fucking security guard for a presidential candidate? Yeah, they- Really moving up in the world. They really, like, hop to skip a feud how he got the job, but- Did you care? She's like, I know you had a pass, that's why I hired you. I feel like in a world where the purge exists, anybody can become a new man in a year. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, because resumes would be a lot different, like- I bet you can't ask somebody in an interview, do you participate in the purge? Do you need the purge off? <laughs> Everybody gets it off. It's a national holiday. Oh, true. But true. there is like, hey, I see a gap in your in your your resume here. It's like, oh yes, I was in the hospital because all of my family was murdered and I was psychologically tormented. You're we, talking about her, right? <laughs> honestly, I just started talking and it, it actually wound up me describing the main I was like, because that's not Frank Grillo's backstory. Poor Frank Grillo does not have a um, a character arc in this movie. <laughs> Not a whole lot, but he's, he's the in fucking, it. <laughs> he's the fucking muscle. He's I gotta protect this lady. <laughs> yeah, no, he's totally the muscle. He's the Frank Grillo of this film. <laughs> Nine times out of ten, Frank Grillo is the best Frank Grillo in a Frank Grillo movie. 
Anyway. You're making dad jokes. Ouch. <laughs> so, yeah, I accidentally sort of slipped into the cold open of this movie. It's it's a little weird and out of place. But I completely forgot about it. I, I so, so did I. I've seen this film. I would say this is one of the most frequently watched Purge films for me. Why do you think that is? Because... We like to try to find something festive to watch on July 4th. Oh, And yeah. this one's got the most festive fucking masks. Well, I mean, hey, I think the point we're trying to make here with both of these episodes, we're releasing the beast! Uh, basically saying that you could watch any of these movies on July 4th. Yeah, and this is classic modern Americana. <laughs> yeah, right? Goddamn. But yeah, the beginning of the film is a flashback of a purge 20 years ago where a family is held hostage. And it's very early 2000s how it's shot. It's Skittery got that, and stuff. that stuttery cam. You and, loved it. And the, uh, the voiceover is over top of the footage. So the footage is very removed. Like it's very edited. And it's fast a memory. Cuts and... it's, a to- it's a total nightmare, right? Mm, I think it's just a style choice. Okay, my mistake. <laughs> this whole film has a lot of style choices. All of them pretty good. Okay. But yeah, so uh, we we see a family that's being killed by a purger. It's it's so weird to even just say killed. You're like they're being purged by a purger because <laughs> it's not technically illegal at the time or anything. But yeah, this we're watching a a, uh, a some young guy girl. is exercising his right to party, <laughs> <laughs> and he's partying hard. He makes mom pick a survivor, one person to live. And, uh, you know, 18 years later, she's running for president. And that's her platform, that we need to end the purge, that it's inhumane, that it's only there to wipe out the lower class. And it doesn't actually solve any of the problems that the new founding fathers claim it to, uh, the new founding fathers claim it does. Yeah. Something interesting is I didn't realize the purge was so, I guess, long in its tenure. I did not think... We were 20 years into the purge. I, I must have, well, probably because I had forgotten the beginning, but I'd always assumed, like with the previous films, that we were only a, a couple years out from the purge. But Frank Grillo has not aged 20 years, so I'm going to assume. <laughs> I think this movie takes place about a year or two from yeah. the previous movie. Yeah, yeah, like maximum three purges later. I thought you were going to say that, you know, even now third movie in we're only in like the fifth purge the fifth year of the purge but it's it's been going long enough that you have an entire generation that has been molded by it. so that's what i was gonna bring up is so interesting especially because our coolest villains of the movie who get the most mask highlighting they're young i would say they are teenagers i think they're supposed to be 14 at most because i think mm, i'd say under 18 i am basing this solely on uh, I, I mean, if I had an educated guess, I would say 16, 17, yeah. But just based on how they drive, I was like, oh, well, they actually they don't know how to drive, so I think they're too young to have a driver's license. On the other hand, they did have a lot of Christmas lights on the windshield. So there's, there's, <laughs> and they're probably drunk. I mean, let's, let's be real. And I didn't get quite a great glimpse at all their costumes, but they're definitely doing riffs off fairy tale characters. I think so. I'm going to say that they're Disney princesses. I have not confirmed right, this, but there know, was like, totally a Tinkerbell in the bunch, I think. And there were definitely people in, you know, like little pig masks, and, and one girl, I think, was Red Riding Hood. Tiptoeing as close as they can to Disney without getting sued or kicked out of the park. What do you call that? Infringing? No, I meant when you dress oh. up as a character. Oh, Disney bounding. Disney bounding. They're you... purged Disney bounding? That's exactly what's happening, yeah, because they're still children. 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, they're fucking terrifying, though. And that's my favorite thing about the Purge movies. And I, I'm sure I mentioned this in the last episode, is that the masks and the visual language that the Purge has taken on about it's become this like wild saw win. Like it's this this weird rebellious holiday where everybody kind of has their own traditions and they're fucking weird and wild. Like in this one, we saw a gladiator match going on. That was fun. There were people hanging from trees. Like there's so many great vignettes in this movie. Hell yeah. They really went ham with the fucking like, let's see what people are doing on Purge Night. Right. Peak of the fucking franchise is when we see the words Purge scrawled in blood on the columns in front of the Abraham Lincoln monuments. It's like, fuck yeah! They fucking get this! This fucking movie rocks! I fucking love that. I'm not gonna lie, even just like if I'm scrolling Twitter and I see somebody post that image, I'm like, hell yeah! I gotta rewatch that movie soon. It just, it so perfectly encapsulates the entire story. Yeah, unfortunately our copy of The Purge, it's part of a Blumhouse box set, so I don't know what the traditional DVD Blu-ray artwork is, but surely that is heavily involved. It's gotta be on the disc or on the inside cover or something. I think it's all of the uh, tourists that have dressed up in presidential I think that's masks. the main poster, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, they are also fucking cool. Yeah, we. so I mean, like that's the thing. Like Every single one of these movies has a great set of masks. And like a, a whole suite of badass, creepy people. Not only is that good marketing, because every year you put out right. a purge film, you're like, hey, 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 come to Spirit Halloween and buy this fucking shit. Yep. But it creates these different like eras of the purge like oh this is the american tourism purge and they're really trying to hit home in this one the political aspects of the purge and so it's great that the most iconic masks are the you know like um the founding the original founding fathers statue of liberty and and all of these iconic americana image imagery yeah i fucking love we're just going to have to get used to me saying that. I'm sure I said it a lot in the pre- in the last episode. I say it a lot in almost every episode. We only talk about movies that we like. Oh, surprise! I'm jazzed to be sitting in front of a microphone chit-chatting about them. But I fucking love that they bring in the idea of tourism to this movie. Like, we're, we're talking about the world at large now. It's been going for 20 years. I, I also just love that it hasn't expanded beyond America. No other country has taken yeah, it up. Yeah, and everybody, every country's like, we love america but it's also like we do not want this in our home country (laughs) yeah not at all but if you hey you want to take our weirdos and our creeps and and uh i guess kill them for us you knock yourself out and it's not like it's just one country like there's there's definitely a whole bunch of russians that come the people that they interview at the airport are from south africa uh so i mean like hey there are people across the globe that are interested in persian and it, again, it, it's just kind of like a little glimpse. They, they, they're they giving you stuff around the edges that sort of fills in the details of the world that this exists in. As much as it feels like five minutes in the future, it, it's, there's no fucking way it would happen. I'd say that and I have doubts. <laughs> I, can't even, I can't even say that with a firm belief that this it would, would never, never happen. happen. <laughs> this, yeah, this would never happen. Also, I'm on the bottom of my grocery list, deadbolts. Buying new deadbolts. <laughs> Regarding the political stuff, something that's interesting about the movies is I don't know if they ever, I don't think they ever specifically point fingers at Republicans or Democrats. I think they get they get away with that a lot by saying we've we've created a new party, the Mm -hmm. new founding fathers. 
and Rowan, the the governor who's running for president uh, or senator who's running for president in this movie, is an independent. So she's so she also doesn't have any political ties to current parties, which is smart because Republicans and Democrats both like watching movies. So why alienate half your audience? True. And on top of that, it's t- it's to say that this isn't a political problem. This is an America problem. <laughs> like it's across the board, both sides of the aisle. We've got some things that we, you guys, not us, you guys we've down got there. Some pro- we've got some problems, too. <laughs> yeah, everybody's, the whole fucking well, and, world's crazy. And also, I think it makes a more cutting commentary if you remove all of the traditional monikers and we're still able to cast them. You know what I mean? We're still able to fill in the blanks. Like, if you watch this movie and you're assigning a political party to anybody involved in the film, then that's kind that's of on... That's on you. Yeah, that's kind of on... The state of America today, if you can do that, I see what you're you see what I mean. Yeah, like it's a it's an interesting way to cut at modern politics without actually alienating an audience. And how fitting that it came out in 2016. Right. Like America has been on a really crazy ride, and I'd say that that was the biggest tentpole I would say of modern politics. And the purge is like, guess what we're gonna fucking do? <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing ads for purge election year, and like, oh shit, they're putting this out in 2016. Fucking brilliant. Like, holy shit, what a great move. All of the ads leading up to it, too, were so great. It really made the election even worse when it happened, I guess. The fun thing, too, is that, like, as, as cutting as it is about American culture and kind of where American government is headed and how it treats its citizens, it's not shitting on America. It's shitting on on how we treat its citizens, like on how we treat the people in America. Oh, yeah. And how we treat the lower class and, and even, the, I mean, the middle class, if there is still one. Uh, I'm definitely going to assume there isn't one in the Purge universe. It's definitely evaporated there. So it's a it's a human problem. Like, the problem is, is that America is a great place. We love We love living here, but maybe we don't fucking kill each other and maybe we start giving a shit about the people that live here. Which is kind of, it's been the argument for every single movie, and it's a great moral story. It fucking works every time. Every time they're like, don't purge anyone! They're like, I gotta, it's my right to purge. And it's just like, but you're just like them if you purge. (laughs) It's weird. These are the only movies where we get as close as we would to any sort of political discussion, I think, right? Yeah, I mean... We haven't even started talking about the plot, is what I'm getting at. (laughs) Blumhouse tried to do that Hunt movie where it was like, we're going to name and blame, and then everything got shut down, and nobody was like, maybe we should watch the movie first and see what it's about, and everybody's like, nah, we're pissed. (laughs) Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's the easiest choice you can make? 
window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. So I have something to admit here on the podcast. What's that? I have a I have a fact or I have a truth to tell. Okay. If you had to ask me before we watched the Purge movies mm-hmm. in the past year, I would have said that this is secretly my favorite one. Okay. Because I think it is, I guess, just a really good story. I love the keeping the senator alive because she's her she's our ticket out of here or potentially yeah. our ticket out of here, and she represents the rebellion. Um, and it's like, we have to keep this candle lit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But in watching it this time, I think maybe I've oversaturated myself with it or, or I was just not, I was just not in the mood yet. Maybe it's because we watched this a little bit early. Like it's not July as of recording. And I'm just like, not in that vibe yet. It's also mid afternoon and we've got like a billion things on our to-do list. We do have a billion. So it's, it's hard to get out of that <laughs> mental state. So I, I felt a little lusterless on this one. I didn't. I w- didn't totally get involved and I felt agree with me or disagree with me I'll I'll totally I'll totally fight you on this one. Okay. But I but this purge especially in direct comparison to Anarchy uh which really opened up the the purge universe this one felt smaller in scale it felt tighter it wasn't as expansive in purge anarchy they're running across bridges and there's a lot of wide shots and city streets and different looking locations okay sure and this one felt like you know they'd only been given like a tiny area of neighborhood to gussy up and so when betty gabriel is driving around in her ambulance we're so tight to the car that there's I guess, like in the in Anarchy, we're we're at the front of Frank Grillo's car, and it's so cool, and they they do these fun angles on it. And this one is just like, well, this is a van that is an ambulance, I guess. But we're so tight to it that we don't see any of the surrounding buildings and stuff. We're just so close, and they're also doing these vignettes of stuff that's going on on the street. But it's it's just that it's vignettes. You will cut to them reacting tight in their car, and then we'll cut to like a glimpse of purge life but it's an isolated incident you can tell that it was unit two that shot it you know what i mean sure yeah this money this movie didn't have as much money i will that i I think we're gonna have to confirm that but um and especially too like a lot of the purge vignettes they see are like through the rearview mirror and stuff so that they can really hide one the seams but two that they don't have a lot of streets to work with is what i feel like they really had that main street where the bodega was Mm -hmm. and that was it because i think they're worried about expanding too far out of the ambulance because maybe we'll see that they're they're just driving down the same street over and over again yeah i mean (laughs) hey that's probably true and you know that could just that's just the nature of how the movie had to be filmed there's nothing we can really do about that but yeah you're right it doesn't have those big wide shots like the like the second one does but i do think it's still 
gives you great glimpses of the chaos that's going on. You could argue that we're seeing it through their eyes from their ambulance. Like, it's just like they're zooming by an alleyway and they catch a quick glimpse of some motherfuckers with a, like a 30-foot-tall guillotine just chopping people's heads off by the dumpster and then, boom, we're gone. Like, I love that shit. That was like a total labyrinth moment because they're all snickering. They're like, enjoy Purge Night. It does have some really great stuff. It Oh, just... and the pendulum, too. I think maybe that's what you're talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, I was talking about the pendulum. They gotta, like, scoot past the pendulum trap, and yeah, it's How it's great. dare I get the two mixed up? <laughs> yeah, those are two completely different Edgar Allan Poe stories. <laughs> I, uh, love all of the weird street stuff, but you're right, it does not feel as big and expansive. I think they do a great job of expanding what this looks like in the world at large and the political spectrum. Like, we obviously get quick glimpses of the elites and the political supporters in the second one, as well as the sort of underground resistance. We get even more of that in this. Like, we're literally following somebody in a political party. Uh, We're in tight with the other, with the new founding fathers, who are just like the weirdest boardroom of shitheads. (laughs) It's so great. Perfect villains for this story. I think I enjoyed, too, the... Um, the affluent or like the new founding fathers supporting party or the rich people in anarchy as well. Oh, yeah. We don't get a whole lot of them in this. Like we go to that cathedral and they're doing some like weird sacrificial stuff, but it's not as fun as say like the hunting auction or, you know, when we find out grandpa's been sacrificed to a rich family and he drives up in a limo, like that stuff was all like really effective. And this felt like they they needed another finale piece that was kind of reminiscent of the finale we saw in part two. I think in this one, because the leader of their party that they're they're trying to get elected is a minister, like he's a priest. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's definitely a more religious bend to it. And of course, that would not look nearly the same. You probably wouldn't get the the churchgoers gearing up and going into like for a fucking da- most dangerous game scenario. Like, yeah, they're probably just gonna kill a bunch of people on the altar and well, get yeah, weird about it. Yeah, and the fact that he's trying to kill his lead opposition is just insane. The yeah. fact that he's like, yeah, so I have the power now and I'm going to change some of the purge rules so government officials class 10 or higher are fucking fucked. And that means my opposition, bam, 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 bam. <laughs> I'm surprised Frank Rilla didn't try and get her to go into a, a secure bunker. Like, who fucking cares? Like, they literally changed the rules so that way they could kill you. Are you not seeing this? It's not just like, oh, we're, we're thinking we'd shake things up. No, n- no. Change only happens because it benefits them. That's And that's true across the board. It's not just this one instance in this movie, uh, which is maybe what they're trying to say. Like, they'll always move the goalposts. They'll always change the rules to accommodate themselves uh, and, their, and their own ends. Uh, she should not have stayed at her fucking house. <laughs> like, that was a huge mistake. Didn't you know that the fucking, like, Nazi skinhead Confederate douchebag mercenary guys were going to show up with tracing bullets? That was a weird choice. That was a weird choice. How thing. do you shoot a fucking bullet that's got a tracer on it? That's it was nuts. huge. <laughs> yeah, they pulled... It was, like, alien probe business. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it should have come out of an elephant. Like, it was massive. It was, like, a half a shot glass that he pulled out <laughs> of his chest. <laughs> He's like, yep, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah. His wound did really seem to hurt at the beginning, but was like, meh, by the end. I'm kind of upset that they didn't just say, fuck it. We're doing like an assault on Precinct 13 here. We're holding up in the bodega and we're just going to deal with wave after wave of assholes that come through the door. That would have been fun. That would have been so fucking rad. 
Uh, and, and it also kicks off in such great fashion with the kids you were talking about earlier. They got dope masks. I fucking love them. They're snotty. They're shitty. They're everything you hate about teenagers. And yeah, like, in a world where you can kill your parents if you want. That's wh- great. Why yeah. wouldn't they all do that? There are so many kids that I hung out with in high school that would have taken advantage of that. That's terrifying. Well, that's why we're not friends with them anymore, Kim. <laughs> that's why we're not hanging out with them as adults. <laughs> They're still scary people. But I will say, discounting all of that, just seeing Betty Gabriel take a gang of teenagers down with a single shotgun was right? was nice. Like it was nothing. <laughs> yeah, they were like, well, we're going to hold down the fort, maybe die. And then Betty Gabriel comes in and she's like, bam, 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 let's go. <laughs> She also, I think she has either a past in The Purge or a past in a gang. Yeah. She's got like a fucking name. She's got street cred and we're like, okay. I I didn't catch the name, but it's basically just like Lady of Death. (laughs) (laughs) God damn, it's so fucking cool. It's a really good movie. Uh, It doesn't doesn't have the same strength of story that the second one does. It is very much sort of like a run and gun kind of movie. Yeah, like, I, I think it's very busy. Like they're they're trying to get to so many like checkpoints. Like we want to visit this underground hospital and kind of talk about how people who are trying to work actively against the purge on purge night, what the underground community is like. Yeah. Especially to the main plot of trying to keep this senator alive. Like that takes a lot of the screen time. Yeah. It's cool, though, that we got, like, a full wraparound for Dante Bishop, the leader of the revolution in this one. He's sort of, like, he's he's leading the team. They're going in. They're going to save the day. Like, their original plan was that they were going to kill the new founding fathers. But, but you know, Senator Rowan's like, you can't do that. I have to win this honestly. Don't you understand? He'll become a martyr. She's not wrong. I'll give her that. But, I mean, on the other hand, just let him do it. Who fucking well, yeah, because she's like, don't purge them. But... But they try and purge her. Well, so. yeah, they kill everyone on their way to the end of this movie. Anybody yeah. that tries to purge them gets killed, except for the president. Yeah. Is he the? Are they calling him the president? They just call him. They like, call him the minister, but I think that's just like, because he Reverend is a of minister. Death. <laughs> Reverend of <laughs> death, way cooler name. <laughs> uh, he. Uh, so, so yeah, the Dante Bishop is leading that group. We see him for a brief moment in the second movie. He's sort of like the right-hand man of the resistance in the second movie. And if you remember, he is the fucking homeless dude that they take in to their house and save. Like, he's the inciting incident of the fucking first Purge movie. And That's like he's, interesting. He's just some random dude. I think he might be a military vet. I can't really remember. But yeah, he's he's just a guy who gets saved. Uh, he's just a nobody, more or less, in the first movie. And then now he's like working his way up the ranks. He's going to take down the fucking system. That's really interesting because I, I remember us talking about that when we were watching the second one. We were like, hey, wait, is that the guy from the first one? He looked real familiar. And it becomes this wonderful, when you look back at the series retrospectively, at least the first three, it becomes a butterfly effect story because oh, yeah. the the first family chose to try to save this guy. Yep. He goes on to be a revolutionary who helps uh, ultimately save the senator. Yeah, and change ulti- the system. And yeah. Ain- yeah, that's, like, all that's the- so cute. <laughs> How romantic. I mean, you could also just say it's like a rags to riches kind of story. Romantic. <laughs> yeah, this is unofficially his franchise, right? So cool. Loved it. I I don't think Frank Grillo would like to hear that. 
well, Frank Grillo's got an opportunity to come back. I hear that they're going to do it. If if he does, then they're at least tied for films, right? Because oh, at true. this at this point, if we're just counting numbers. Yeah, because after this is the first purge? Yes, after this is the first purge, then and the then, forever purge. Like the last purge and then horse purge. That's the forever purge, yeah. <laughs> and then cowboy purge. Actually, I'm super excited because I was thinking this. I kind of let my mind wander to purge films while we were watching. And I remember being very disappointed about the Forever Purge because the poster looked so fucking badass. Oh, yeah. With like Cowboy Purge. And I remember going on a big rant on the podcast about how there's not enough cowboy horror mm-hmm. and fucking Nope is about to come out and that's going to be so cowboy. That's huge cowboy horror. <laughs> what you t- yeah. yeah, I like re-got myself excited for Nope. I'm I'm super excited for it. I'm just a little sick of seeing the trailer every week when we go to the theater. Yeah. But uh, cowboy horror. I mean, you just watched Outer Range. Cowboy not exactly horror. horror. But, you know. Yeah. I don't remember. What is Outer Range? <laughs> That's that Josh Brolin show we were watching on Amazon Prime. Oh, yeah. We did watch that. Yeah. A little sci-fi, a little strange. Still haven't watched the last episode. Kind of lost me. <laughs> <laughs> also, I know there's going to be a second season, so like, who fucking cares? I'll wait. Oh, man. Do you have anything left to purge? <laughs> um, do I have anything left to purge? Wait, I want your answer. What's your favorite masks of the franchise? Favorite masks? Is it this one? Of the franchise. It's, it's gotta be this one. The second, like, you know. They're all fucking good. That's the it's problem. It's such a thin margin. Every single one of them, they're great. There's a lot of good masks in this one, but the girls that show up blasting party in the USA. Yeah. While they're just coming back to steal candy bars and fucking get it's even with the bodega owner. I love it. It's so great. It's like everything that you liked about Odd Future when Odd Future first came out. It's just like, oh, you're scared of teenagers? I'll give you the worst version of teenagers. What's Odd Future? T- that's Tyler, the creator's group. Mm. Um, but yeah, the whole thing is just like, oh, yeah, you, you think teenagers are scary because you think they do this. So we'll intentionally do that. It's just leaning into what people are scared about you. Um, or scared of about you. I also just think it's such an infantile thing. Like uh, It's such an infantile thing. Well, no, <laughs> like, I think that's what makes it so scary because it's oh, just yeah. like you're going to fucking kill people because they yeah. didn't let you shoplift. Yeah, an adult would not do that. Yeah. An adult would be like, I got other shit to do. I'm going to go steal me a new TV. Yeah, because they go as far to leave and get another team to join them. And she gets shot saws. in the fucking ear. And she's like, that's it, we're coming back. With saws. With another light-up car. Like, they took the time to make another Christmas <laughs> light car. Surely it was another gang. I don't know. Maybe they did. <laughs> you know, if they came out of those cars in Christmas sweaters and they had chainsaws and and, and hockey masks like it was the fucking Christmas vacation gone horribly You're giving wrong. people ideas for the real purge, John. <laughs> That's the way to do it, guys. I'm just saying, 10 years, 5 years, 3 years down the road, whenever this kicks off, that's what you want to do. Oh, boy. You want to go full Griswold on a shitty little Fiat. Steal yourself some candy bars. Yeah, those are probably my favorite masks. Yeah. Those are great. The tourism masks. Like, especially when they get- That's the- uh, Yeah. And the shot, too, where they're, like, all looming over. Fuck, it's it's so good. Yeah, and it's a POV from the senator and Frank Grillo looking up at them. It, yeah. You're like, fuck. These movies are kind of like a sensory overload because there are so many great images about it that I've already forgotten. Uh, But they're kind of, like, coming back to me as we talk. There's that one dude who's just like, It's survival of the fittest! And he's just like covered in blood, screaming on a yeah. on a corner somewhere. And then there's that vignette of the hanging people, and then like Sherry Moon Zombie dancing right? around. 
Oh man, <laughs> everybody's just living their life. Yeah, the, that fucking I don't like uh, Monte Carlo that's just rolling down the street with people strung up on the hood screaming upside down. It's like some real Escape from New York shit. <laughs> like, it, both of these movies. Like, I mean, you, plenty of people have said this. I'm not the first person to say this, but, like, it really does kind of feel like the wasteland of New York when Snake Plissken just, like, rolls into town. Man, it's so good. I really, I really like these movies. They're I like so these fun. movies a lot. And there is so much juice to squeeze from these lemons. I know we say it all the time, but the Purge franchise, they... They could just keep fucking doing them, and I would just yeah. keep fucking watching. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, killing is bad. Kill some more. It's weird how they could do the exact same thing over and over, and I would eat it up. And they, they don't. Like, to the to their credit, I mean, they, they do sort of, like, you know, rehash some ideas here and there, especially with something like The First Purge. But it's a prequel. Like, of course it was going to be something similar. They always try and find some new angle to come at these movies with. I would uh, be fine if it was just different fucking people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The series especially is great. The first season's awesome. The second season is great. Like, real good TV. I also just had this this... This thought while we were watching the movie today, you know, about how, like, you could just do the same thing over and over again. Every single one of these movies, they have the exact same inciting incident. Like, shit kicks into high gear when the purge siren goes off. Every single one of these movies is exactly the same. It's practically a template. It's just like, okay, here we go. Purge starts. And then that's when the movie starts. Like, we're going <laughs> to intro some characters. We're going to go, wham. And it's, it's great, too, because the characters are like, okay, we're set up for the night, or this is our situation for the night, and then immediately, Purge has been going on for two <laughs> minutes. No, it's not. We weren't prepared. <laughs> like, we've battened the hatches. We, oh, shit, we don't have our insurance anymore. <laughs> you lasted two minutes of 12 hours. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, what a fun series. It is so good. If we turned into just a Purge podcast and all we did was talk about the Purge, we recapped every episode of the show, I'd be fine with <laughs> Every it. episode is just one mask in particular. Damn, that'd be cool. The, the, the first Purge it would take a lot of time. There's a lot of masks in the first Purge. Not as good as these masks, though. I mean, I, I like that. I like the weird eyes. I like the horns. Everybody's got like a weird neon glow sort of street party look. Love it. But, uh, but yeah, like... They're firing on all cylinders in uh, in these two movies, especially. What would you rate the Purge election year? Not taking into account your love of any of the other films, this one standalone. How'd you rate it? Yeah, um, I can't remember what I rated the other one. It'd be weird if I'm like, this one's not as expansive as the other one. And I think you I... maybe gave it a three point five. Yeah, I can't recall. I'm going to go with a three out of four because I'm sure I gave it at least a three out of four. And I think yeah. all of these movies are three out of four. I'm also giving this one a three out of four. I don't think it's perfect, but I fucking love it. It's a great story. Yeah. It's so watchable. And it's it leans to more into the action horror. I think I was able to show my parents the Frank Grillo purges because I'm like, oh, no, this is an action movie. Frank Grillo is an action star. Yeah. Oh, especially the second one, too, right? Like, oh, his son. Oh, he's avenging his son. <laughs> like, any parent can latch onto that. Yeah. The first one, you can't because it's home invasion and it's like this is bleak this well is yeah pretty bleak. it starts off like a boyfriend trying to kill his girlfriend's dad and this and that yeah <laughs> it's it's a lot i love how uncomfortable that first purge makes people feel especially by the end of it yeah i, I want to revisit it because i'm always like i want to go back to like where we started and it was like this intimate little you know six people and 
Murder Most Foul. Right? Okay, so th- there you go. That's your that's your Assault on Precinct 13 movie, right? These are all John Carpenter movies. That's what I'm coming down to. <laughs> Eventually, we get into Escape from L.A. Tory. That's uh, Escape from L.A. territory. That's totally fine. You know, like these, the, the, the suite of films that we have that James DeMonico directed himself are perfect. I love every single one of them. They're great. They're their own little purgivers. Yeah. <laughs> But that is just our opinion. Let us know what you thought about Purge election year and which of the Purge films is your favorite. And in your favorite masks. We want to know your favorite masks. Bonus points if you can share the photo um, because that really helps because I have the memory of a goldfish. You can tweet at us at NOFS Podcast and you can also hit us up in our little Discord channel just for Nightmare on Film Street fans. That is at nofspodcast.com slash discord. If you want more Nightmare, consider supporting the podcast at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub. You can also go to patreon.com slash nightmare on film street, whatever you're most familiar with. That's totally fine. That's where we keep all of the bonus content. That's where we're running our Never Sleep Again series. Nine movies, nine episodes, zero sleep. We watched, we rewatched the entire Nightmare on Elm Street franchise with no sleep, recording podcasts in between. We are in our delirious phase right now. You're <laughs> gonna love it. We've but, also got some more series in store for the Patreon, and I cannot wait to get into it. Yeah, I mean, we've also we've also got Drive Home from the Drive-In reviews of David Cronenberg's new film. Uh, we're definitely going to be recording a Drive Home from the Drive-In for Nope. Can't possibly imagine a world where we don't want to talk about that. Uh, but once again, you can get all of that at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub. Until next time, I'm Kim. I'm John. Stay, Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive, but we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. 